Well, God's peace, grace, and His mercy be on, upon you on this uh, midweek of Lent 1. That's what it's called, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You got your cheeseburger in one hand, milkshake in the other. Oh, and not to mention your cell phone that you're trying to send a text on at the same time. We all do this balancing act, and usually it's not a big deal unless... In this case, it could be a deadly distraction. There's another deadly distraction. It's spiritually deadly. It's when we're distracted from the things of God. You know, like His Word, His sacraments, His church. It happens when we're tempted to look away from the Lord and instead turn to the attractions of the world. The Bible calls it temptation. During Lent, we seek to stay focused on Christ and His cross, but so often we're distracted by other cares and concerns of life which direct us away. I'm not saying we should all become monks and nuns and focus every waking moment on God. Even monks and nuns are distracted by other things. Let's just consider the reality of temptation in our lives and ask God to overcome them for us. We can use Paul's first letter to the Christians in Corinth as a guide. He says in verse 12 of our reading, Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. In other words, don't let your guard down. Temptation will catch you when you least expect it. Temptation is persistent though, isn't it? It's persistent because the tempter is persistent. The devil will do all he can to seduce you into sin, and you may wonder, why? Why why is he on me all the time? I'm a Christian, a believer in Jesus. I hear all the time in church good things like, Satan will never snatch me out of the Father's hand. And I'm baptized, saved for eternity. Isn't the devil more concerned with those walking around there who, out there who have no faith? Aren't they easy prey to devour? Well, yes, they are. And for those who will never believe in Jesus, they've already condemned themselves. Satan wants even the strongest of believers, though. He hates the human race and has since the beginning. He must have been insanely jealous or something in those early days. Perhaps he felt the angels should have been God's crowning achievement, not humans. Whatever the case, Paul describes how the Israelites were tempted into worshiping statues of other gods who couldn't hear or speak or do anything. This led to discontentment towards the true God and even rebellion against Him. And notice what the devil did to tempt Jesus in the Judean wasteland. He was persistent. He didn't stop with one temptation but tried three times to tempt Jesus into following him. That seems like a ridiculous temptation, doesn't it? I mean, tempting God, the creator of the universe, to worship a lesser being like Satan? It doesn't make any sense. Seems like Satan really believed Jesus' human nature was his Achilles heel, was God's Achilles heel, so to speak, so he could get God to fall from power that way. Even today, Satan is tireless 
If he can't entice you in one way, he'll try another until he finds your Achilles heel and mine. He'll take our focus off what's in front of us through the windshield and lead us astray from the righteous road which God guides us. Maybe your temptation is never having enough of something to consume, like trying to fill some void within you that never seems satisfied. There's a story about temptation I found in an old church joke book from the 1950s. A man was at an expensive clothing store trying on a new suit. You know, when men wore suits to work every day? The man, however, was out of work, and he only had enough money in his pocket to buy his family uh, dinner that night. But he really wanted that suit. Knowing it was beyond his means, he cried out in a loud voice in the store, Get behind me, Satan! To which the clerk behind him replied, Looks good from the back, too. Go ahead and buy it. You know, in that situation, you would turn to that guy and say, You're not helping! Not only is temptation persistent, it's progressive. It can start small and grow and become more deadly as it progresses. Paul says it has the potential to overtake us. And that can happen if we give into it and succumb to it. The Israelites progressed from complaints against God, such as bringing them out of Egypt where they at least had food, water, and shelter, into the desert where it seemed he was trying to kill them. That progressed to outright disobedience on a national scale after they'd settled in the promised land. It took centuries, but it progressed to a deadly level. Israel would be pummeled by its military neighbors. The same is true for us. Temptation begins subtly, but grows in its destructive power. Attraction towards another can lead to unfaithfulness to a spouse or loved one. No one's going to get hurt, is the initial thought, which leads to just one more night, and then I'll stop. Ultimately, you find yourself entangled in a mess that's snowballed out of control and does a lot of damage to relationships, let alone your marriage. But of course, I could go on at length about all kinds of temptations, and it wouldn't sound very hopeful. But these are not the last words to say about it. There is, in fact, hope for us who are tempted every minute of every day by all kinds of things. Because not only is temptation persistent and progressive, but victory over it is possible. The victory over temptation is promised in the final verse of our text from 1 Corinthians. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Did you catch that when Claire was reading it? But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Notice the apostle doesn't say, God is faithful and He will make you He will never make you tempted ever again. No, he doesn't say that. He says, even in the midst of temptation, you will endure. Victory over temptation is possible because of what Lent is all about. Lent is about Jesus, of course, and you knew that coming in here. And Jesus has conquered temptation. The one who does this is God and God alone. 
He is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. He's the one doing the action. God in Christ is the one who gains the victory over us, or for us, over temptation and sin. Temptation and sin can be, well, let's say, you can suffer for sure. But it will not be given to you beyond your, your ability. Jesus defeated sin by entering into the ring with it. He came into temptation's territory when he had nothing to eat for 40 days in the desert. And Satan threw all his artillery at Jesus then and there and all throughout his life. Ultimately, to the places of the garden on, on uh, the Mount Olive, Gethsemane, and the other hill outside the capital city where he was crucified. Hebrews chapter 4, 15 tells us Jesus was tempted in every aspect as we are with the temptation of lust and greed and power and selfishness. But that's where the similarity stops, you see. Because it goes on to say he was tempted yet without sin. He did something you and I cannot do and do not do. He abstained from temptation. Didn't do any of the things that the devil enticed him with. He wasn't going to play that game because he had a war to win against sin and death. And he claims it not for himself, but for us. He resisted sin perfectly in order to credit his perfect sinless life to our spiritually bankrupt account. Then he assumed the penalty for our sin by suffering and dying on the cross, paying the wages of our sin with his death. In Jesus, we have victory over temptation in two ways. First, we fall into temptation, or when we fall into temptation and succumb to its sin, through repentance, we receive forgiveness for it. Remember Ash Wednesday, right? We've just been over this. Those who repent receive God's mercy. As we travel down the highway, being distracted in our driving by temptations which allure us and detour us from the direction God has us to go, let's renew our, fo our focus on God and His mercy. He pardons our waywardness and restores our relationship with Him. That's what, what He means, or that's the means by which God gives us an escape. He's the escape. He's the way out of temptation. But wait, there's more. He'll also give you the power to endure temptation. And he does this by keeping your focus on him and his mercy. He gives you the church. Where, come as you are right now, to hear his mercy and be emboldened by its repeated proclamation, you can fight temptation. It's not just the same old thing year after year. You and I need to hear it and remember it lest we fall away. And so we travel through life with our eyes fixed on the road, the path of righteousness centered in Jesus Christ. We keep God's mercy in view. May it be so for you. May the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.